As we uh, reflect on that word that Anna just brought to us from Isaiah, we'll hear it echoed uh, in Matthew chapter 1 in our gospel reading today, beginning in chapter 1, the 18th verse. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Indeed, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. And Joseph is finding that out today. I mean... Even Hollywood doesn't always tell some extraordinary stories because the the details they think folks just won't believe, so they end up in documentaries. Recently, I've run across a few of them. One, you know, whether it's D.B. Cooper jumping out of the back of an airplane some 50 years ago, or if it is a small town, oil field, Texas town baseball team that goes from last place uh, to championship with their uh, manager becoming uh, a, a storybook ending pitching in the majors. There are even more extraordinary details in that story, but like I said, Hollywood didn't think we'd believe it. Of course, it seems amazing, isn't it? And it is. Because Joseph sees the world a certain way, and so he has a plan. And his plan that he puts together carefully and righteously and even compassionately is a plan that, thanks be to God, doesn't get executed. Because God's plan is greater. Now, hasn't that ever happened in your life? It certainly has in mine that I've had a very carefully thought through plan and sometimes not so carefully thought through plans, but... I'm so grateful on several of occasions when later I would thank God that it wasn't my plan that came to fruition, but His. His vision and His plan for our lives is so much greater than our own. And that's exactly what's happened to Joseph in today's Gospel. Joseph encountered a problem, I mean a big problem. The woman he was betrothed to, Mary, was pregnant. And he knew he wasn't the father. This was a big deal. And a big problem, especially for a just man. 
a righteous man, which meant he followed the law. And he was going to follow the law, then he knew what that would mean for Mary. It would be divorce. But instead of public accusation, which could have been his right, he chose a different path, a compassionate path, to divorce her in private because he loved her and he cared for her. He showed his righteousness with love. But even this sensible, even kind plan, in the, given the situation, was to fall short because he didn't have all the details right, did he? He didn't know everything that was going on, and he was about to find out a much better plan, God's plan. But let's take a look at this circumstance, the context of his plan for a moment. He was betrothed to be married to Mary. This is important to note that it's a little different than, and significantly different really, than just being a, a fiancés. A betrothal was a covenant relationship. We don't know everything about first century Jewish uh, marriage traditions, but what we do know is this. The first stage was betrothal, this covenant relationship. You would begin calling one another man and wife though you didn't live together yet. The next stage, we don't hear this in the Bible, but from history was the ketubah or the marriage certificate where financial arrangements would be made so that the wife would be cared for in the event of the husband dying or of a divorce. And then the final stage would be the ceremony of the wedding itself where the bride would move from her father's home to the husband's home. And so what we have here is a covenant relationship in betrothal that would require divorce according to the law. But again, we don't normally talk about this in our uh, children's nativity scenes, right? Like, uh, and this is when we talk about divorce in the nativity play, right? And yet, here it is in the Gospel of Matthew. And God intervenes. In the first of four dreams where God communicates with Joseph in these first two chapters in Matthew. And as he talks uh, to Joseph, he begins to tell him that there's a whole other plan that he doesn't know anything about and he's time to be brought in on what's going on. That something is being accomplished through Mary that's not through human power, but by the very power of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, as he describes, as the angel does, as as God does to, to Joseph here in this dream, he says, this is the beginning. The birth of Jesus, it's described earlier in the writing, or or. As we read in Greek, a word that will sound familiar to you because it's leaning into an older Hebrew word, the genesis of Jesus. That word genesis, that beginning, that first began in the Old Testament with the word that said, let there be light, and there was light. God created life in Genesis, and now there's a new genesis. A new beginning. And that new beginning likewise begins with God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that new beginning 
comes to us as promised in the Old Testament through the lineage of David, the house of David. Now you may notice if you are a Bible scholar that in Luke, the genealogy of Jesus is a little different than in Matthew. That's because here in Matthew, he has one purpose, to show us the legal lineage of Jesus through Joseph. By his command to Joseph, Joseph will be the legal father of Jesus, and therefore Jesus is now part of the house of David. Jesus comes to us biologically through the power of God and Mary, and legally through the adoption of Joseph. The fulfillment of God's word comes to us completely. Now, if you keep reading chapters 1 and 2 of Matthew, you'll notice, man, this sounds familiar. If you've ever, uh, you know, watched the play, uh, you know, multi, uh, or, or read the book in, of Moses, you read about the story of Moses in the Old Testament, and you say, man, this sounds familiar. That's because Jesus... In this new beginning is now a new Moses, a better Moses. He's the fulfillment of all the prophecies as we hear from Isaiah today. And now we find out something else interesting as his name is given to us. He is also, Jesus in Hebrew is Joshua. Joshua, he is now the new Joshua, the new and better Joshua, who will take us into the promised land and complete God's promise. That name, Joshua, is uh, meaning in Hebrew, Yahweh brings, or Yahweh is salvation. And it's a bit of a play on words because there's another Hebrew word, Yoshia, which means he will save. And so Joshua Yosia, uh, this is the Yahweh who brings salvation. He will save us. So when we translate the word Jesus into Greek and, and we hear it uh, as we do in English, we'll often say this word means he will save us. And it does mean that because it's leaning on this older Hebrew term. This Joshua who brings us to the promised land will save us. Now, there's a few names here in this text Uh, that I want to highlight for us this morning. Now, you hear in verse 21 the name of Jesus, and then you hear the name of Jesus again in verse 25. And sandwiched in between is the name that we hear from Emmanuel, or from Isaiah, Emmanuel. Now, he's repeating himself. You know when your supervisor or your commanding officer or your wife tells you something twice? It's really important to listen, right? And so, listening to when Jesus, when the word repeats itself here is critical. It's using a a first century uh, writing device, but what's happening here is with Emmanuel in between the names of Jesus, framed by the names of Jesus, he's telling us something about what Emmanuel means and something about what Jesus means. A scholar will point out, that Emmanuel, God with us, in Isaiah, as we heard it, might be good news. It'd be good news if you're following the covenant, right? But it wouldn't be so good of news if you aren't following the covenant and 
uh, that Emmanuel, God with us, comes and brings judgment. So what kind of news is this God with us, Emmanuel, bringing? Sandwich in the name of Jesus, just Joshua, Yahweh is salvation. We find out that this Emmanuel, God with us, is coming to bring salvation. This is good news. This is a promise for you and me. This is truly a new beginning, a new genesis for us. And just to make sure we get it, for a second time in this reading, he lets us know that it's a virgin birth and that Mary will remain a virgin until Jesus is born. To know that this promise comes not from human power, but from the power of the Holy Spirit, the very word of God. Luther will spend a lot of time talking about Mary is conceived by the word, the very word of God. This new Genesis that comes to us now legally in the book of Matthew and biologically through Mary and all by the power of God's word. We have a better Moses, a better Emmanuel, really, the true Emmanuel. God with us here in his promise. And we find out here, this Savior is telling us, just as he told Joshua, excuse me, Joseph, that your plan isn't working. Your plan isn't working, neither is mine. And thanks be to God, Joseph's plan didn't work either. Now, it's not for lack of trying. We keep trying, don't we? We keep trying to save ourselves. We keep trying to do it on our own. But what we need is a new genesis, a new beginning. God with us, a Yahweh who is salvation, Jesus who has come to save us. And that's what we get here. Briefly, just... Two more interesting pieces of construction of language that I think will help us receive this gift this morning. The first is this. This phrase of akemi in Greek is interesting because it only shows up three times in the book of Matthew. Here in the text where it shows up that we'll be there in his name. And then again, from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 18 where it says two or three are gathered in my name. So God comes to us when his word is spoken. God come, With a new beginning, God comes to us when the body of Christ gathers together. Two or three are gathered in his name. God comes to us. We hear that phrase again in Matthew 28. When we're commanded to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in His name, He will be with us to the end of the age. In these three ways, we're reminded that we walk this path that Jesus shapes with God, as we talk about in our vision statement. With each other, the body of Christ, where two or three are gathered. And when He calls us to share the good news, to make disciples... So today, I invite you to walk this same path. To lay down your plans at the foot of the cross. Mary and Joseph did. 
Not without sacrifice. They laid down their pride, their plans, their reputations. And even when it seemed like all hope was lost, they realized through the promise of God's word that a miracle was coming and has come. They have a new genesis, a new beginning. We have a new genesis, a new beginning, a new genealogy, a new family, the body of Christ. And we discover in verse 22 of today's reading, when it says this whole thing has happened to fulfill God's promise. Any reader of, uh, in the first century, when they got to chapter 26, they'd hear that same phrase again when Jesus enters Gethsemane. And they would hear, oh, now I know this whole thing has happened. He was born to die for us. To keep his promise, to be the Yahweh who brings salvation, he has come to save us. He is God with us. And so friends, come to this new beginning. This whole thing has happened. God's plan changed the course of Mary and Joseph's life. Change the course of history. And may it today, right now, let it change the course of our lives. May this new beginning, this new genesis begin now because of Christ, because of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Yahweh, who is our salvation. Amen.